Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm worried that I've created a bad atmosphere for the recording of this podcast because uh, before we started, we were having a cup of tea and Annabelle said, what do you think of the coronavirus? Mm. And I said, oh, I think we'll be fine. It only really affects old people. And then Annabelle said, well, what about our parents? Mm -hmm. And now we're just in a really bad mood thinking about this, uh, this, this potential pandemic wiping out the older generation of our family. And I'm not quite sure how to shift the energy also, we're recording during the day, and somebody's uh, somebody's really going for it with a drill. Yeah, we haven't done a daytime one for ages. No, we've been real night owls recently, haven't we? Yes, yeah. we have. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see how we get on. Mm. I just wanted to start by talking about the response to the secret waiter, right. which uh, certainly, in terms of the stuff I've seen on social media, has been universally positive. People really enjoyed hearing uh, about restaurant etiquette and what really goes on in a waiter's mind. Mm. And I think to uh, use an old phrase of yours, big success. Big success, yeah. So hopefully we will do uh, future episodes with other secret professionals. We've already had a volunteer for one, so shall I tell you what it is? Yes. It's, it's a really good one, secret doctor. <gasps> and it's not it's not us go. saying, like, oh, I've got a mole on my back, we, you know, what, what's wrong with it? It's like, what are you thinking about when we say this, that and that? So I can't wait for that. Oh, one. and, and did, did the secret doctor specifically say Jeff isn't allowed yes. to? <laughs> well, they put it more subtly than that, saying I don't mean sort of medical air right, ones. Right, I mean, right. What I mean is, yeah. Right. Oh, that is a great one. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very much so. So uh, hopefully we'll get that. We'll give it a little break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but we'll we'll do that soon. Um, Here's something that I forgot to mention on the restaurant episode that I think would have been pertinent. Mm. So you go out for something to eat, Mm -hmm. but you're in a bit of a rush. Mm -hmm. So you say when you order your food, would it be possible to get it just whenever it's ready? Yep. That never seems to go well for me. Okay. Because I think for some reason there is a lack of clarity to that expression. I But are you suggesting that they would be somehow waiting? No, no. So here's what I mean mm. is don't worry about splitting it into starters and main courses. I'll just bring it all. Just bring uh, it when it's ready. I see what you mean, yeah, yeah. But I think what can sometimes then go in the head is like, oh, we should just wait until all the food's ready and then bring it out so, and you end up waiting for your food longer. Uh. 
Mm-mm. I mean, whenever it's ready, as soon as it's out, back. Don't leave it on the pass. Just get it out there and ready to go, so that I can leave quickly. It makes you sound really professional saying the word pass, though, doesn't it? Don't you think? <laughs> I think yeah, you're talking their lingo, and they're going to like that. I wouldn't say pass to them though. Oh, okay. <laughs> because you don't want to sound like exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When I was doing mobile disco, sometimes a guy had come and stand behind my decks with his arms folded and say, "What are those then?" Uh, I can't remember what brand of. They certainly weren't anything Technics or anything like that. Mm. But he'd be there with his arm folded, like checking out my strobe and my rope light. Right. There's something that there's something annoying about that. Yeah, yeah. You don't like that. Like if someone came into a radio studio and said, "Oh, uh, what, what cans do you use?" I know they're just headphones. Yes, they use them with cans. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why, yeah. Why does that get your back up? I don't, I don't know why. It just does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another thing that happened, and sort of all these things seem to be a little bit food related or food and drink related. I was meeting a friend on Saturday and the weather was horrible. It was a horrible, blustery, rainy day on Saturday. So I took shelter in a different cafe to the one we were going to. I thought, I'll just sit here, Mm. have a cup of coffee. And as soon as my friend texts to say that she's nearby, I will leave. So this happens. Uh, I say to the waitress, which we now understand is a perfectly acceptable word to use. uh, I say, I can pay you for this coffee, please. She says, sure. She goes for such a long time. Mm. And because of the secret waiter episode, mm. I know that, well, what I can't do is ask for the card machine at the same time no, or anything like that. No, I just no. need to wait wait this out. She eventually comes back with another cup of coffee. Right. So she's, she's misheard me. I said, mm. I'm so sorry. I said, can I pay you for that cup of coffee? Mm-mm. If you're the waitress in that situation, what do you say? Apologise and go, oh, sorry, I'll go and get you the bill. I'll tell you what she said. Yeah. She said, oh, I understood it as you were asking for another cup of coffee. I understood it. I understood you <laughs> yes, saying, yes. I want to pay for this coffee. It's like, what do you say to that? I, I was flummoxed. I was almost flabbergasted. <laughs> and you, you drank the coffee. Of, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and then paid for both. Yeah. Right, let's have some pathetic attempts at social interactions from our drifters. First one is from Lieutenant Colonel Colin. I think you asked for stories about something like where you've tried to give words of reassurance and it's gone wrong. I would check that topic properly, but I'm too lazy. A few years this ago, could be me talking to you about the coronavirus before uh, uh, we started. <laughs> a few years ago, I'd been on a stag do uh, to Barcelona. As most people lived in London and I live in Nottingham, I was flying back on my own. My plane was much later than everyone else's, so I spent the day on my own in Barcelona, which in fairness was probably the nicest day of the trip. Back to the airport and the flight was delayed by another two hours. Eventually we boarded and the flight took off. As it turned out, I was sat by a middle-aged lady who was a very nervous flyer to the extent that she gripped my arm as the plane took off. About 10 minutes into the flight and there was a big jolt and the plane started banking round quite sharply. Another minute and over the tannoy, the pilot announced that one of the engines had failed and we were flying back to Barcelona for an emergency landing. The lady next to me gripped my arm and squealed, oh my God, I could see she was upset. So I thought I'd try reassuring her. So I said, I reckon if we were going to crash, he wouldn't have said something over the tannoy. 
This seemed to have the opposite effect to what I'd intended. She screamed and burst into tears. Oh, God. The air hostess was furious with me. I spent the next 10 minutes staring at the seat in front <laughs> while this lady cried uncontrollably next to me. We ended up waiting in departures in the airport for another five hours before the flight was cancelled and not a single person spoke to me. <laughs> I've kept my words of reassurance to myself since then. Oh, that's so good. And this is from Ashley. I'm one of those people that just constantly put my foot in it repeatedly. Over the course of my 29 years, I've had two absolutely appalling moments of drifter small talk banter. One of those this very night. Going back to possibly my worst moment prior, I worked in a hotel on reception whilst at college just to rustle up a bit of extra money. Trying the fake it till you make it philosophy, chatting to everyone, trying to come out with witty one-liners never worked ever. So to the night in question, working with my incredibly outgoing manager, witty, on the edge and hilarious, we sat on the reception desk checking people in. A large, muscular, angry looking man came to check in and proclaims, check in for Woods. I've changed the surname for anonymity, but his first name was Lauren. The first, sorry, the first name was Lauren. So I say, OK, first name Lauren? Yes, he replies. OK, perfect. I've got you in a double room for the night. Yes, says the gent, clearly uninterested in me confirming that there was a double room. Determined to break the man's hard exterior, I was adamant that I would try my foolish, youthful attempt at small talk whilst the computer circled away. So, is Lauren joining you later? Then my heart sank. He stared intently, eyes reddened, while looking straight into my soul. I am Lauren! My boss, forever the professional, burst into tears of laughter and slapping the desk and my clear horror show whilst uh, I sank as far as down in the chair as possible. Uh, as a man with a clear unisex name, I should have seen coming, considering the booking was made for one person. <laughs> Here's your key. Thankfully, I never saw Lauren again, mainly because I hid in the kitchen for the rest of the night. <laughs> my second one happening around two years ago. In the local off-licence, going to buy a bottle of bubbly as me and my partner celebrate moving homes, I bump into my cousin's ex-husband. Not learning small talk will always somehow slap me in the face, I bit. Carl, great to see you. You look great. You've lost some weight. Thanks, Ash. Diabetes for you. Oh, <laughs> Red face broken. Glad I had the bottle of bubbly, softened it slightly. <laughs> Sadly, my new home will always remind me that I'm useless at small talk and should hide in the comfort of my living room with the pooches. Send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle, it's time for another chapter of how you are failing at being a fully functioning adult. Part 51. Restaurants which is inspired by last week's Secret Waiter. Now, I've never worked in a restaurant, unlike the Secret Waiter, obviously. I did once try to get a job as a waitress in Pizza Express in South End after I'd finished university and got rejected. It was quite a low time in my life. I still can't go into a Pizza Express without looking at the waiting staff and thinking, why you, not me? <laughs> but I did once work in a bar that's part of a chain where they did table service for food. So I've had to do the how is your meal question while they're eating. And we were told never to say is everything OK because OK is not good enough. We don't want OK, we want outstanding. My most memorable time as a kind of a waitress there was someone ordering fish and chips and having to tell them they would have a bit of a wait as we were still waiting for the van to turn up with our daily fresh fish delivery when in reality I had a frozen cod under the cold tap in the kitchen because someone had forgotten to thaw it out that morning. <laughs> but in actual restaurants, I've only ever been a patron. Is that the right word? I believe so, yeah, yeah. Okay, patron. I don't go a lot. 
I only really like food that is tomatoey and spicy, so I'm often disappointed. <laughs> but maybe it's because some of my earliest memories of going to a restaurant is that we'd sometimes go on Sundays or for family celebrations with my grandma and grandpa. And I became a vegetarian at 14. And from then onwards, from the moment we stepped through that door, before we'd even sat down, my grandma was calling over the waiter and saying in a loud voice, she's a vegetarian. <laughs> she said vegetarian like she was saying something much rarer, like low FODMAP or casein free, <laughs> vegetarian like that. Something apologetic about it. And I was never sure if she was trying to be helpful or she was embarrassed of me and just wanted to get out of the way immediately. But there are lots of things I don't like about restaurants. I don't like asking where the toilets are as I feel amateur. I don't like, I think as I said last week, I don't like tasting the wine in front of the waiting staff. Because I think it is really hard to give a response that doesn't make you look stupid or up yourself. Right. But my worst experience in a restaurant happened when I wasn't physically actually in the restaurant. Not my body anyway, just my voice. So I'd called up to book a table for a group of friends at a restaurant in South End, And it was a restaurant that also had a small bar. And I'd asked for a table for four for eight o'clock, but they didn't have a table until 8.30. So I said, OK, that's fine. We'll just have. And what I wanted to say now was we'll just have a drink at the bar first until the table is ready. But what came out was we'll just have a little drinky poos first. <laughs> what? I still sometimes wake at night and wonder what bit of my brain sparked into life and fired out the words little drinky poos. And should I do some DIY trepanning to make sure that bit of my brain never comes to life again? It was like Margot from The Good Life briefly took over my body. And it would have been okay-ish if the man in the restaurant had ignored me or even laughed. But he just repeated it back to me like this, little drinky poos. And I had to say, yes, little drinky poos. And then go to that restaurant. I'm annoyed now that I forgot to ask the secret waiter about that oh. and ask what he'd think about someone who said little drinky booze and whether he'd judge them and ridicule them. Actually, I might email him now. Oh, that's so good. Have you ever heard of um, penne arrabbiata? I think yeah. you'd really like it. It's spicy <laughs> it's and tomato. My dish. Yeah. Uh, well, next week, episode 52. So it, 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 here's a new book for you. A, a year of not being a fully, my year of yeah. not being a fully functioning adult. Copy and paste. <laughs> I received a text message from Annabelle the other day. It was a very exciting text message to receive. In fact, I'm going to get my phone out and I'm going to uh, I'm going to read it to you now and hopefully you will be as excited as I was when uh, when when I heard this. You know what it is already, Annabelle, so it'll be yeah. difficult for you to be that excited. And I but... still I still feel a little bit of freezing on of excitement. Well, Jesus, for some reason, it's showing me text from you from 2016, so I've got to do it now a lot of scrolling. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. So you sent me, mm-hmm. first of all, a picture of your lover, Tom. Boyfriend. Hovering above a laptop screen, mm-hmm. working away mm-hmm. with the caption, he's doing it. Yeah. A little later, mm-hmm. another message arrived. Mm-hmm. It said, it's done. Yep. So the video of Annabelle's Guide to Snaresbrook is now complete yep. for our Patreon supporters. So what happens next? Tell me. I, don't, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, so I'm just excited. Well, I, I've got that he's given me the link. I could just put it up. I don't know why I haven't done already, to be honest. I mean, he only gave it to me the other day, but and I haven't. The other I'm, day? I'm, <laughs> I haven't had time. I haven't had time. But, I, but it was on my plan to do it this afternoon. 
So, so you're going to put it up on Patreon this afternoon. Yeah. So this is if you support us on Patreon, you will have access to this video. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a wonderful time. Uh, I was shown the sights of Snaresbrook by Annabelle, and and how has it turned out? Because I haven't seen it. Now I know, for example, Woody Allen. I know that you know our opinions on him have changed in recent years, but um, he he would never watch one of his own films once it was finished. Oh. So, did you have a similar experience watching? I've watched it. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself because when I, I walked into the bedroom and I saw Tom was working and I wouldn't normally like even glance at what he was doing and would not be interested, but he was chuckling to himself and I thought, oh, he's seen something funny. I wonder what that is. And then I saw it was us. Wow. Yeah. How long is it? It's 20 minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> could have been edited a bit more. I think. No, no, I, I think it's, I don't think it needs editing. I don't know why I said that. I think it's, it could be longer. I don't so, think so, that. So we're going to release a director's cut <laughs> No, there isn't. I think basically just topped and tailed it. <laughs> Don't get too excited. That's why there was, I think it was a three minute gap between me saying he's doing it and it's finished. <laughs> so is it, I mean, has it got special effects in it? He has done, uh, what are the words? What, what's He's done a a graphic. Oh. Which says the Snaresbrook tour yeah. with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Bort. Yes, yeah. Um, I think you should, your name should have been first on that. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that. Yeah, you should have done. Um, it's my tour. <laughs> um, and that's it, really. And you think, get it up there on There are a page- few cutaways. Oh, and it stars Rusty Scruff. Why don't we put with Annabelle, Jeff and Rusty Scruff? Don't ask me. I wasn't oh. involved in this. I just came for a walk around Snaresbrook. That's true. The rest true. of it was between you and your lover. I like how you're pushing all the responsibility of it onto me now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with me. Literally nothing. I just turned up. Uh, how many pounds does the camera put on me no you look great really yeah i think he used something like soft focusing on it okay <laughs> <laughs> he cgi'd in somebody else's face no you look nice oh this this is good i can't wait to see it and if you want to subscribe to patreon mm. what you think you have to do two dollars a month min yeah and then you can see it yeah patreon.com stroke Adrift is where you go to and do that. it's quite an exciting tour. Like I showed you things where your eyes widened mm. and your mouth like went wide. Am I, is it a gape at any point? Yeah. I do think it's quite a thrilling tour. Well, that mm. re- I, do, I do think we've missed a trick by not having a West End premiere. Yeah, it's a shame. Red carpet. A little bit of effort, though, Just isn't it? I think we could have invited <laughs> all the drifters, yeah. John Travolta. Yeah. Anyway. We're not doing that. You no. can see it in the comfort of your own home or on public transport if you want to watch it on your phone. If you're a Patreon supporter, by the time you hear this podcast, it will be available. Just go to patreon.com stroke adrift. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are you watching anything at the minute? Um, 
very nearly finished Succession. I got one episode to go. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. About three weeks ago, you told me you'd watched the penultimate episode of Succession. No, no, I said I had two more to go. Okay. Mm, it's mm. quite a slow process finding time for us to both watch it. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Still think it's an, an unusual amount. Of uh, yeah, I think most people watch it over a weekend, and yes. it's taken me three months. Something, something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Have you seen this country yet? That's back. Oh, okay. Never seen it, no. I think you'd love it. I think okay. you'd really love it. It's British comedy set in a small Cotswolds village. And it's just a couple of... They're not teenagers, but they've sort of got a teenagery essence about them, young people in their 20s. It's kind of like a fly-on-the-wall thing. It's uh, it's ever so good. Mm. And I think they're on to like series four of that Oh, now. okay. And that's back, which is quite exciting. Um, I'll tell you something I've been thinking about a bit recently. Mm. And, and it's a bit melancholy. Mm. So I'm like you, I have a small child. Mine is nearly four, yours is two and a half. Mm -hmm. And I know people won't like me saying this because it's sentimental, but I feel like, okay, it's 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 harrowing, Mm. it's exhausting, Mm. it's miserable a lot of the time. Mm. But in some other ways, it's the most pure joy I have ever experienced. It's It's like having a little tap to turn on joy. I describe it more as being in a very abusive relationship where you're obsessively <laughs> in love with someone, but they treat you like dirt. <laughs> but anyway, go on. Right. But anyway, so, so it's just really been occurring to me that um, he's just not going to remember any of this. And I know I've talked in the past about trying to manipulate his first memory a little, you know, so so that his first memory will be like of something magical he did with his dad. <laughs> yeah. But But by and large, I do accept that, Nothing that has happened in his life to date is really going to be a memory for him. Okay. And it's very painful to me because of the excellent, you know, present parenting that I've been doing. All the stuff we've done and they they won't remember it. And then I'll tell you what it made me think of. Mm. The film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah. And I think that is in essence what it's like. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I tried to find that film to watch again. And it's not on iTunes, not on Netflix, not on Amazon. What film is not on any of those three You're things? You're kidding me. No. Has it been deleted? I don't know. Maybe it never existed. <laughs> Freaking me out now. Yeah. Maybe, you know, there was just it's, it's an ultimate clever trick on the audience that the director <gasps> has made it vanish. And you're not quite sure if it was a real memory or not, seeing wow. that. Anyway, um, what else can I tell you about? Went out, hey, did, went out for lunch with Pete the oh, other day. Nice formerly of Pete and Jeff. Mm. Um, I contacted him, as tends to be the way, because he'll just sit there glowering and think, bloody Jeff, he never rings me. So it's a, not that it would ever occur to him to pick up the phone. Right. But so, so I'm, you know, I make sure I keep on top of that friendship uh, and I enjoy seeing him. We went out for lunch the other day. Um, I put this in the diary with a few weeks' notice. Mm-hmm. So we met. First thing he says... When we sit down, he goes, oh, I'm not sure if I want to eat. I'm not really that hungry. Okay. Why do you agree to go out for lunch with somebody? Because So all day I've been looking forward to my oh. lunch. I've been thinking about what we'd eat. I gave careful thought to where we'd go. Yeah, yeah. Why, why would you go for lunch with somebody and then say, mm, I don't really eat lunch or I'm not that hungry? It's so horrible eating if someone else isn't eating. Yes. I hate that. Yeah, you can't do that. No. So did you force him to eat? No, so so we both had a tiny amount of food. Oh, disappointing. Uh, in a place that I'd been really looking forward to eating, to really oh. gorging on a lot of food. Mm. So there was that. Uh, what other unconnected thing can I, uh, to know, can I throw out here? Oh, I've noticed something that I do. Mm-hmm. 
if my wife in some way irritates me, mm-hmm. but is be ultimately being reasonable, right? And we're having a conversation via text message. Mm-hmm. If I want to be passive aggressive, I reply in lowercase letters or lowercase. Oh, to annoy her. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, and again, I think I was meet, supposed to be meeting her for lunch somewhere, and mm-hmm. I was looking forward to going to this particular place. And then she changed the location at the last minute. Right. So she sent me a message saying, oh, "I'm really busy. I'm running around. Would it be okay if we met at such and such a place instead?" Perfectly reasonable request. Yeah. However, even though I, I rationally know that is a perfectly perfectly reasonable request, mm-hmm. it's irritating me because I was looking forward to going to the other place so I just replied all lowercase the word okay I've just realized something I think Tom does it to me too because <laughs> I'm seeing now all those messages in lowercase I mean he's clearly annoyed at me because you have to go to effort to put it all in lowercase you because your phone that. auto corrects it to be you know the capital letters at the oh, beginning of the sentence. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so um mm. yeah so I noticed that's something I do yeah. and I thought I, I wonder if we could ask the drifters for micro uh, uh, micro passive aggressions. Mm, I would love to hear more of those. See if, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a friend who was in a relationship with somebody who was a bit germ-phobic. Mm-hmm. And if he would annoy her, if he ever annoyed her, she wouldn't say anything because she was meek. Right. Like so many of us are. But what she'd do is she'd take her shoes that she'd been wearing outside mm. and then just like walk them up and down on his pillow. Oh, that's me. And he would never know. So mean. <laughs> wow. Uh, so if you have any, yeah, well, let's see if we get any. I don't know if, I don't know if people are as mean as I am. And, and, oh, come on, you know, we all are. Let, well, let's see uh, if we get any micro passive aggressions. Uh, send them in to us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. First one is from Stephen. I am lucky to have a short 15 minutes drive to and from work each day. A colleague lives very near to me and we would quite often find that we were following each other to or from work. Then one day, my colleague surprised me by suggesting that as we tend to arrive and leave at the same time, we might as well car share. Oh no. With no thinking time, I didn't feel I could say anything but yes. So we've now been car sharing for a few months. I would quite like to return to my solitary commute, but I don't know about you, but without, sorry, but, but don't know how, oh, but it's don't, okay. sorry. I would quite like to return to my solitary commute, but don't know how without essentially saying, I'd like to spend less than 30 minutes a day with you. Is it possible to end our arrangement? It's obviously economically and environmentally advantageous, but I miss things like calling my partner on the way home and not having to think of conversation topics twice a day. I have considered taking up a hobby that would divert me before or after work or moving my home or job. But can you think of an easier solution? If you also have any advice as to how I could have rejected the proposal in the first place, that would be helpful for future similar situations. So so all the way through that, and then you said it at the end, I was thinking invent a hobby. Yeah. You don't have to do the hobby. You just need to buy a squash racket. No, but you're going to be caught out because they're going to... If, if it... If you're living in such a place where you, you really were happened to be following each other, but did he say they were only following on the way to work, not on the way home? No, to or from. But th- th- there must be alternative routes. Like whenever Sounds I'm going, so not... I, so I, but I, I, you know, don't drive. But if I ask Google Maps on my phone the best way to get somewhere, mm. it'll give me a route, and then it'll do a grey one that says three minutes slower, <laughs> which is weird. Like, oh, great, three minutes slower, I'll take that one. But why not just take the three minutes slower route? 
like invent the hobby mm. or it's, it's saying you're going to night school or something. The fear of being caught out though would be too extreme because they would end up, there would be a point where it sounds like it's quite a small place and they're going to be bumping into each other and seeing. I, I, I get what you're saying, invest in a squash racket. Say I've started doing squash on Wednesday evenings. Um, and I do early morning swimming in the mornings. I don't know. Yeah, say you've been to the say you've been to the doctors and you've had a health scare. Yeah, you know what is a shame mm. is um, pilots have to do a certain number of miles per year to keep their license. Yeah, it's a shame they don't have that with driving licenses. Really, what do you mean? So, in other words, like, so if you're a pilot, mm. you've got pilot's license. Yeah, yeah. If you don't fly a certain number of miles yeah. a year, yeah. then they take your license away. Right. If they introduce that with driving licenses, oh, see? you could say, "Oh, I need to, I've I need got to, to keep to put, my hands yeah, up. yeah, yeah." Oh, but maybe something in that. It tell could, me more. Could, <laughs> I'm thinking and speaking at the same time, as I know you can tell. <laughs> he could say something along the lines of, "I've got it. Yeah, I've absolutely got it." Yeah. He could confide in him. I'm not very happy at work at the moment. I'm thinking about a career change, becoming a driving instructor. So um, I think what I need to do is drive a bit more. Oh, Because I yeah, really need yeah, to yeah, really yeah. get my skills yeah, yeah, great. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not ideal. I've got another one. Go on. So you've mentioned your partner. Mm. What you need to do is confide in the biggest blabbermouth in your workplace mm. that you're having an affair Right, this doesn't sound And great. then it'll get back to your carpool, car share yeah, guy. Yeah. But then, you know, if you start acting suspiciously right, and saying, oh, I'm not travelling in from home today, actually, and I'm going to be staying <laughs> away a few nights a week, like they'll feel too awkward to say anything to you. This is essentially exactly the same as just getting a squash racket, but a lot more emotionally complicated. <laughs> That's not good. Oh, what about you say my partner has become recently extremely germphobic and she won't let me oh, go in other cars and she won't oh, let anyone else in our car? Coronavirus. Exactly. Yeah, okay, good. What if the guy said, I could get you a surgical mask? So they don't work, except those really technical ones that are really hard to put on. Okay. I've read into it. Um, there was a good programme on the BBC last night about the coronavirus sort of half an hour on whether we should be panicking or not. Okay, I'm not panicking. Well, if you've watched it and you're not panicking, then nor am I. Okay. What about advice on how we could have rejected the pro- proposal in the first place? Same thing, Joe. It's easier in the first place. No, if, if that had been me, I would have invented the hobby on the spot. Okay. I think. But I Could you ever say, oh, I just like being on my no, own? No, of course not. What's no. wrong with you? Okay, sorry. Okay, well, let's go on then to Ross. Let's say you're arranging to meet a friend. I love the fact that we haven't even touched on the empire, environmental impact. Well, we know, but he, he said aside from, so I felt, you know, it was our duty <laughs> right, right, to. Right. And it's only a short journey. If he was doing a three-hour round trip, mm. <laughs> be a lot worse. Let's say you're arranging to see a friend. You message them. They respond enthusiastically, but then you need to fix the date. You don't hear from them straight away. How long do you wait to prompt them to tell you when they're free? And do you prompt them more than once? How much effort says... I really enjoy spending time with you, so let's do this, but I'm not going to harass you or make you feel obligated to spend time with me in case you're just being polite. Oh, this is so hard. Here's, here's what I think the problem is. is The, the initial question is too open-ended. Because I, I, I've got somebody I need to text oh. back. I think you need to suggest some dates. Do you want to meet up on Wednesday yeah. the 6th? So how's the week commencing the 12th looking for you? I think you're so right. That saves all of this. But I yeah. think we so often go, do you want to meet up when you're free? Yeah. And yeah. then you never hear back. Yeah. 
And then, oh, and this is ideal because then it puts them in a great situation because they don't want to see you because it's always your worst fear, isn't it? They don't want to see you. Yeah. They can say, oh, I'm not free on Wednesday the 6th or Friday the 8th. I'll get back to you and then they'll never get back to you. Yeah. That's fine. But then you've done your due diligence as a yeah. friend. But then if they the do friendship. want to see you, they'll say, oh, what about, they'll suggest an alternative date. Yes. I'm going to start doing it. Great rule. Thank okay. you very much. Uh, if you have a social situation for which you need to know the rules, you can email us and, and we will tell you as directly as we just did. Not so much with the first one, but with that one. Uh, it's hello at driftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. It was a little zippy one, that wasn't it? It was a little bit zippy, snappy. Zippy's a great way of calling it. Thank you. What's the word? Not calling it. Describing, describing it. Describing it. Describing it. it. Describing it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Did you just mutter a deep breath start <laughs> again? Please start again. It's usually me that says that, isn't <laughs> sorry, it? It's very again. rare that yeah. you think things have got dis- sort of descended to a point where we need to start well, the tape I'm over using again. wrong basic words. I think that's <laughs> a sign that we should start again, but we're not. Okay, fine. Carry do, on. Do you want to start again? <laughs> no, just, no, no, no. Start not the whole no, podcast. No. <laughs> that would be excessive. Uh, do you ever worry about that? I, I sometimes think there's some something seriously neurologically wrong with me where my, my brain is in a state of decline mm. where I can't remember even the most basic of words yeah. or have a syntax to my sentences that sound like I'm speaking in, you know that, that that suggests that this is my first language it's happening more and more I think that sentence that I just said there <laughs> if you want to describe it as a sentence is pretty uh, pretty descriptive of what I was uh, just talking about anyway thank you for listening uh, thanks to Man and the Echo for our backing music I think they're doing a big show in the hometown of Warrington soon um, their album Men of the Moment their second album is excellent and they've been promoting that around the country and I think they're doing a big homecoming show so I recommend you go to that also to Emily Harrison for the incidental music and uh, I'll finish uh, this week um, by um, just just being the voice of reason and saying if we were going to crash he, he probably wouldn't have said anything over the tannoy Podication time. Now, is this the the ghost podication, the missing one from the other week? Exactly, yeah. I'm very sorry that uh, this fell through the cracks. I entirely blame myself. It doesn't matter, though, to be honest. Like, we couldn't, we should have just, I can't speak again. What's wrong with me? You're right. <laughs> we could have just not one said anything. One side of your face. Like <laughs> don't, stop it, stop you it. You don't need to be worrying about the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so uh, apologies. But, you know, here we go, here we go again. It's back. Mm-mm. We, we, as you said, we could just be pretending this was the first time we're yeah, reading it. But um, here we go. This is from Chief Petty Officer Emma Woodhouse, who says, Hello, could I please request a podication for the new guy in our house? Our son, Simon, who arrived in our lives in November. I meant to send a request at the time, but you know, life. Simon, I, I really like the name Simon for it's a baby. A, it's a lovely name. And yeah. I know, in case you... Think I'm being facetious. What I mean by that is, it's it's a classic, mm. 
but it's you don't hear of many babies being called Simon. No, no. And or there's like a really Peter lovely sound. Or to Michael it, or you know, because I love Peter and Michael. Yeah, these are great names. Yeah, but they? what I yeah. mean is like sort of granddad names have been in fashion, haven't mm-hmm. they? You know, your Alfies and your Jacks and so on. Um and for the past twenty years or so. Mm. Uh and there have been less of your your classics, David's, Michael's, Peter's, Simon's. Are these all apostles? Simon? I'm, I'm not great. Was there a doubting Simon? <laughs> doubting Thomas? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, it's, it's a great name. Simon has slotted right into our little family, and it's like he's always been here. He's also a much better sleeper than his big sister Abigail was, so that's helped a lot, although it did mean I was behind with a drift for a while. Right, yeah, it's pretty good for catching up on stuff. Mm. A sleep deprivation. I listen to a lot of podcasts in that state. I meant to send in a podication. I meant to send in a podication ages ago, but thanks uh, both Sarah and Annabelle for free speaking so frankly about how hard becoming a mother is. After having Abigail, I was struggling with feeding and lack of sleep, and I remember feeling physically and emotionally drained, and sometimes feeling like the last thing I wanted to do was look after my baby. I was lucky to catch it early and get help, but I firmly believe it's important to create realistic expectations for new parents. Yes, it probably will be hard. It's okay not to be okay. Uh, There is help that you can and should access, and it does get better. That's... So weirdly, we read this a couple of weeks ago, and I found myself getting emotional as I read that sentence mm. out. And it's happening it's again. Happening again, your eyes are going. But the other time, I was quite sleep deprived. Today, I had a good night's sleep. Mm. So it must must be sort of genuinely Gen- affecting. Genu- no genuine emotion from yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hats off to the ladies of Adrift and podication love to everyone who is embarking on the great journey that is parenthood. Sometimes it's hard, but you've absolutely got this. Your baby loves you no matter what. To them, you are the greatest person in the world. Oh, she says, sorry if this makes Jeff emotional, which I now remember reading the first time. Um, do you think Rudy does think you, you love you no matter what? Do you think he does think you're the I greatest I wouldn't say person? no matter what, no. Right. No. Um, thank you both for making a podcast that adequately fills one of uh, some of my time. You can keep doing it if you like. Okay. Then we will. Kind regards, Chief Petty Officer Emma Woodhouse. Emma, thank you for writing that. That was... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm firstly delighted that Simon's here. Uh, secondly, thank you for speaking. So, frankly, that stuff is useful to people. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, so there we go. Latest edition of the podcast from Chief Petty Officer Emma Woodhouse to Baby Simon. Also, hello to Abigail too. Yes, we don't leave Abigail out, do we? And if you'd like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.